Welcome to Talking Points, the podcast that reveals conversations from within influence marketing agencies brought to you by Influence Weekly. Uh, this week it's hosted by the GOAT agency. So we've got Harry Hugo, co-founder and Esme Rice, marketing manager. Welcome, Harry. Welcome. This is nice. I like this. Yeah, it's a new new format for podcasting. That We're like handing the baton. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Handing the baton off to the readers. What are their views? Good idea. Well executed. Hopefully, we'll Hopefully. see. <laughs> the next 25 minutes will very much make, make people understand that or not. Right, we'll launch in with the headline piece of this week's newsletter, which was the new Ultimeter Research Report, which advised marketers to spend 25% of budgets on influencer marketing. So basically, they've pulled together loads of research from across the industry, they've used case studies, and they've put together these key points, and their top takeaway was that 20 to 25% of budgets should be spent on influencer marketing. Great, it's what we've been saying for uh, four years. We always, we've always said in pitches and, and when we're talking to clients that we think about 0.5 to 1% of budget in the marketing space is being used on influencers right now. And that, I mean that across everything, across media, PR, brand, marketing, um, outside of home, uh, you know, all these things, TV as well now. So the fact that there's a suggestion that people should be spending 20 to 25% is really positive. We've, We've always been conservative and said 15 to 20% because I think that's fair. We've never, in all of our time, despite being an influencer-only agency, never said you should only spend marketing on influencer marketing. Uh, never spend marketing budget on influencer marketing, sorry. But um, that's not to say that we're, that we're currently spending at the right levels. I think there's, there's very clear positives to be struck um, when influencers is used across and integrated across different channels. And I think we're seeing that with a bit of TV now, billboards, content creation and production for wider digital campaigns. Um, the fact that influence is so core and so central to the social media sphere right now and how conversations are created and how conversations are pushed forward um, and also how brands are positioned and how brands are viewed by the customers is based really, um, if we look on uh, brands like the, the fast fashion brands like Boohoo, Pretty Little Thing, are very much based on who their ambassadors are that year. And, you know, over the last couple of years, it's Love Island's been a major, major player in that. And, um, yeah, it's great that, that people are really starting to push influencer marketing as a, as a core pillar of the marketing mix. And I think if we look at some of the most successful brands that have grown in the last five years, they've all had that ethos in mind and, and maybe even more. We look mm -hmm. at Gymshark, who've pretty much done well, in their formative years, about 60 to 80% of their marketing went through influencers. Now it's probably scaled back a bit because they've got so much more scope. But in order to go through those high growth years, influence was so, so key. So yeah, it's it's great. I'm delighted that there's some scientific research to, to back up the, the claims we've been making for four years. Nice. It's a good report. It also touches on ad blockers, the authenticity of influence marketing and the various strategies such as always on execution in influence marketing. Yeah. It's certainly something we talk about and, and uh, talk with clients about. Always on is very important. I think you need to be a, you need to be always on in order to be reactive, and being reactive is where you get the best results. And we see that in marketing in general. And if you have a constant flow of, of what's going on and keeping the cultural moments ticking away, um, getting people talking about your brand, making sure they never forget what's going on and how your brand's um, or product integrates into their life. I think that's really important. And then those key spikes around the key times for the brand, for the product, based on seasonality, huge cultural moments, a huge opportunity to react to something that you've um, been a part of. I think those, that's probably the best way to run an influence campaign over an elongated amount of time. Um, 
but you know there is no blueprint to this i think that's what's really important and that's kind of the role of agencies in this in this world we have the answers far more than someone coming into an influencer campaign from scratch and, and in a brand this is really difficult 80 mm. percent of influencers don't work it's it's testing it's learning it's finding value and really we uh, as an agency or as a group of agencies in this space are here to advise and far more down the strategy and education route right now um and uh hopefully uh, you know go comes with an incredibly good reputation for also being fantastic at the execution and that's always been the killer uh, killer thing for us is we've managed to always deliver and that's really really important for our for our growth and and how we've grown to be 120 people in four years is you know deliver for your clients they retain they stay they pay more they you know they want to do more and that's really a key focus for us to grow that market cap from 0.5 percent of, uh, of budget to, to 20 percent the only way that's possible is if they see a return on investment in the in the first investment yeah and i suppose reports like this are really helping take that education to the wider market um and being able to, to say to put provable statistics behind what we're saying and say this works yeah it's a, it's a shame really marketing at the top top level cmo ceo level um a lot of it is done by rogue marketing statistics and whether or not we should be investing in that channel you know mm. because really they've got to report it back to the board mm. and it has to be correlated along so alongside some sort of research or insight and data so the fact that these things are now starting to come out and and influencer insight and data is becoming a lot more prevalent in the marketing mix i think that's really positive in order to be able to unlock the top budgets from uh, the media holders and the budget holders so that's really exciting. Um, and anything that else that comes out like this, I think can only be a positive for the market. Yeah. Another report that Influence Weekly touched on was G2's State of Social Media Marketing report, um, which I thought quite interestingly summarized the, the most popular platforms that marketers are going on. Mm. What would you think would be at the top of that list? Marketers in general or influence marketers? Marketers. Platforms being social, social platforms. Social platforms. I think Instagram would be the classic. I think Instagram... Um, or marketers, I suppose, Facebook story probably still be number one in terms of spend because yeah, absolutely correct. <laughs> um, because as, uh, everyone says Facebook's dead, it's shit, it's a rubbish platform, whatever. But it's got 2.4 billion people using it. Like it's unrivaled compared to everything else. Instagram has got a billion people using it. Um, three to five hundred million actives. You know that's a lot, but Facebook is a behemoth in comparison, mm -hmm. and the opportunity to target the different demographics and different people based on audience on Facebook versus Instagram is still a huge disparity despite it being through the same ad platform. Mm. Facebook's been going for a lot longer. It's got people's history, you know, yeah, Facebook doesn't know that much about me in the last couple of years, but God, it knows a lot about me for the, the years before when I was posting loads, mm. you know, and, and, you know, using Facebook Messenger as the chat. And now it's got WhatsApp and we know that's going to become unencrypted soon at some point. And everyone in the, in Europe is using WhatsApp like it's going out of fashion. So, you know, the fact is Facebook has so much data across all of its ecosystem in order to make the most of it. And it's got all the population there. So that was always going to be number one. Instagram, I imagine, is number two just because it's through the same channel. Um, and uh, then I'd say... Uh, Google in some way will be there. So YouTube display or, um, or search. YouTube's really interesting. It's certainly, it's certainly got a lot of brand money going through it with influencers because the mm -hmm. price is so high because the content creation aspect of, of building influence campaigns on, on YouTube is vastly increased from an Instagram or a Facebook or a Snapchat. 
but volume is a lot harder to create on on youtube as it is on instagram and that is always going to be a blocker but the ad spend is still very targeted because of the Google backend and because Google's been going for so long. Again, understanding so much and the fact it's the most visited website in the world means that it has so much data. But it doesn't have the granularity of the audience that Facebook has and the ecosystem that, uh, that Facebook has. And then I imagine the emerging uh, platform might not even be on the list yet is, is Amazon. Amazon is a huge player and will be a huge player in the next couple of years. It's not, it's not quite there yet. The fact is it owns Twitch, which has huge power when it comes to audience mm. understanding because it's live. So you actually know what people want to watch now rather than what people are going back to watch. Yeah. And uh, it also has everyone's buying habit. Facebook want that. That's why they built Marketplace. It's why they've got all the different integrations across all the third party applications. But really what they're trying to do is emulate what Amazon have, which is the power every business wants is how, what, and when do people buy? Um, Amazon knows that more than anybody else across every product, across every vertical. And um, if I was a marketer, I'd probably be spending my ad, my ad dollars in, in Amazon right now. And if, uh, you know, if I was an influencer who had a huge audience, I'd be setting up um, things within Amazon in order to sell products. People trust it. People want to buy things from Amazon. It's quick, it gets delivered today. Um, and all these things that other platforms don't have. So they would be where, where I'd be looking. But it's, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting world, the, the ad world right now, and influencers fit really nicely into the core of it. And I can see it continue to grow, and people that say Facebook's dying are just, are just wrong. As shown here. And also groups is becoming huge. Like they've, yeah. What's really interesting about Facebook is it's, it's so adept at changing the focus. Mm. It was Instagram, no, it was Facebook video, then it became Instagram, everything was Instagram. And it flipped the switch back to Messenger. Messenger became huge. Hold on, they're gonna buy WhatsApp as well. Wow, okay, they've got the two biggest messaging services in the world and they've got Instagram DM. And now they really wanna push groups where no algorithm sits, which is really exciting. Um, and it's very, very similar groups to how Pages was about seven, eight years ago. No algorithm, you can get to all of your audience um, and you can engage them in a very, very different one-to-one -one way than, than maybe Facebook's ever been able to do before using using a group service. Do you think there's been enough branded adoption of, of groups yet? Because no. that was one thing the report was saying, that there isn't, people aren't really moving to this yeah, IGTV, this groups, you know. IGTV, yeah, that's sort of IGTV. I think brand adoption there was quick um, because people were like, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be Instagram's new thing and it's going to get to those more audience. And if we're an early adopter, it's going to be hugely beneficial. And then we saw it not do so well because... It, it wasn't prominent enough on the app and people didn't want to go to Instagram to necessarily see that kind of content. Now that you can post it on your feed means that if you create a great, I don't know, 30 second clip on Instagram, you can get people to watch five minutes. And it made no sense to me why they didn't do that from the start when they knew it was gonna be such a big deal and such a major behavioral change for people on Instagram to make them watch longer form content. So that confused me. So I, I think brand adoption is gonna go, it's gone for a bit of a lull and now it's gonna come back up the other side. When it comes to Facebook groups, brand adoption is gonna be really slow. Um, we saw the same with pages, mm. pages, Everything is about the growth hackers going first. They work out what's works and what doesn't. Then the 
Actually, no, that's not true. The chances go in first. They just create a group and it becomes massive. And they're like, wow, I don't even know what's happened. Then the folk growth hackers are in those groups and they go, mm, I can see what's happening. And they build pages. They build communities. Then people start building communities in really niche audiences. And that grows out. And then brands adopt it because they can see there's so many different niche audiences and how they can get involved. The problem with brand groups is that people don't want to be in a group necessarily about the brand. They want to be, a, they want to, be able to get some sort of value from it, unlike a page. Mm. So a good way to, to do it would be maybe to create competitions where influencers push people towards groups that brands own that if you're in the first 3,000 you get we're going to lock this group after 3,000 it's going to be uh, this month's um, voucher group mm -hmm. and you're going to get 10% off or different group uh, vouchers every every week but only the first 3,000 get in there get the opportunity it's like a locked door and I think I really like the aspect of groups and the fact that it's it's a gated community and you can't just join. Yeah. Uh, and I really like that. And I think it's really powerful to create that fear of missing out and the speed of people wanting to adopt. But brands are going to be slow to do this and understand exactly how they can, they can build within. But if they do it quickly, they have a captive audience like uh, they won't have seen for, for years. Yeah. And I think that reflects in this, in this list of their top most popular social media platforms of brands being slow to move on because we've still got Snapchat and Pinterest here and no mention of, of TikTok or anything like that. So yeah, another, another platform that needs a lot of brand adoption, but starting to see it, especially in the sport world, actually, lots mm. of sport organizations, governing bodies, and especially football clubs are starting to adopt TikTok. They know that's where the younger audience is. Yeah. Um, if we talk about active users, like they've got more than Instagram. Yeah. And it's all the way around the world. Yes, it's young. And it, that's always the thing when you talk about it on panels or on talks. They're like, oh, yeah, but isn't the audience? Yeah, it is. But wasn't the audience on Facebook 16-year-olds when it started? Um, 18, 20? Like, now it's, just, it's, it's ages up. Mm. And it you change so much between the age of 14 and 18, but it's four years. And you become a buyer from a non-buyer. And the audience is going to stay. The platform's actually really good. The way you can make content, the way you can create on TikTok is very, very good cool very similar to the early stages of vine it makes mm. people want to be creative the fact that you can overlay music and it's got all the rights like all these things are great and brands are really not adopting it how they should and it's so underpriced you can get an influencer on tiktok with a million followers to do something for a tenth of the price you can get them to do something for on instagram yeah. but they're going to get more engagement on tiktok and if you're a brand that's going after that younger audience um games films tv shows all uh, football um apparel like all these different verticals that go after these things snacks then that is a perfect platform for you to be adopting so i think we'll see a lot of that in the next six months um pinterest is just one of those platforms that no one ever talks about but is so so powerful 77 percent of its audience is female something like 50 percent of its audience is over 25 no, 50% of his audience over 35. And they're literally tagging, I want to buy this, yeah, I want to buy a, that. It's really interesting. It's the platform that everybody... So Instagram is um, like wanting to... Seeing what you want to buy, um, but not really telling anyone what you're just looking at it. And then Pinterest is you actively looking for the things you want to buy yeah. and telling people, I want this, can you find me it? Mm. Brands should be looking at that and going... I just need see one community manager to spend all day just finding the people that are asking to buy products like mine mm. and they just sell like on an affiliate. Like, it's nuts. And all of the people on Pinterest are trying to buy something and it's 
such a great opportunity to to get to the audience. It's not huge. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's 150 million people, but it's a really really buying demographic, and it's also a nice uh, looking demographic that you can a nice looking um, platform that you can get to the demographic on. Yeah. Right. Let's take it back to fashion and Amazon and move on to the next article, which was talking about um, how influencer is partnering with influencers to launch. Uh, clothing brands and yes. clothing online but it's only available through the Amazon app and I think you're like this it's only available for 30 hours yeah, like so that. it's ephemeral yeah yeah no I think I think Amazon's a real major player um, they've got like I said earlier a huge amount of data on what people buy and why people buy it and when people buy it mm-hmm. they have access to um, rights of films and TV shows and brands some brands are amazon only now and this is obviously a move to that too and to push people to want to just sell through amazon not set up their own website mm. um people trust amazon to buy from more than a random website that you get pointed to from instagram you go oh, i really want to buy that and you go to the website and you go to really trust putting my car details in here they're going to deliver it on time but all these factors are taken out of the equation when you buy through amazon and interesting off the back of the whole uh influencer drama with that Ari influencer two million followers couldn't sell 36 t-shirts kind Mm. of thing so people there immediately jumping on the hype of oh influencers can't sell clothes well here's Amazon doubling down on yes they can yeah I mean I know a lot of I have a lot of personal relationships with a lot of influencers who sell a lot of clothes a lot of merchandise Um, and it's it's probably 30 to 50 percent of their income and they earn a lot of money on brand deals. Um, mm. So, you know, if we look at that and go merch isn't, or merch or product isn't where the influencer market's moving, then I think that they're wrong. Um, e-commerce is always, always, always linked to audience. And if you've got an audience that is deeply entrenched or deeply bought into a certain thing, a certain community-based aspect, which at this point is a personality or a, a page, then they'll obviously buy something um, or a percentage of them will and with the personalities it's very easy for them to build that into their um, their psyche so if we look at Jake Paul Logan Paul probably the two best examples of, of people that have doubled down on their merchandising um, and have made it almost a bit of an in joke that they sell it or, or they push it so much on their videos and plug it Yeah, but it works and, and they sell millions and millions and millions of dollars a year and t-shirts with their name on it and they've done two different things both of them despite being brothers like jake paul's gone for the um the brand that is jake paul so it's just his name on on a t-shirt and then logan's gone to create a brand maverick and um not be about him like Mm. it could be synonymous with him but it's not him so it's quite interesting different ways to do it but i think we're moving past the era of just creating t-shirts and hoodies and caps with people's name on it i think that's very 2016-17 and the the dawn of the influencer merchandise is um, is very much behind us now and, and we're now looking at what product they can they can sell so can influencers sell um, sunglasses like much nicer more premium products or you know can they release makeup ranges which I know L'Oreal are working on with lots of influencers now um, you know, can uh, a football boot company build out an influencer roster of um, football or sport influencers who design their own football boots and, and sell them as as similar sort of way to how footballers have always done it? So I think if we move past the classic, 
products that we think of and, and we push it towards something a bit more niche, um, a bit more high end, uh, then I think that we'll, we'll see the product, the influencer product movement really, really start to push on. And then I suppose you're really testing the influencers in how much actual influence and they have over their audience because and knowledge on their audience yeah. as well like yeah do they know what their audience want to buy yeah um yeah i think it's a really it's a really interesting one but you know the people who have loyal audiences know and you know they they can sell product there's there's no doubt about it it's it's just a it's just not as easy as it looks yeah yeah so one little shout out that we did get in the newsletter this week is did we? that's good we did because well our client did thinks oh great people yeah great people uh we were one of my favorite clients i don't say that to all 55 <laughs> i promise <laughs> we were working with them for now like three campaigns and now they've launched an athleisure um new product um and they're using influencers to do it again um, what a great decision by Thinks. <laughs> great decision. No, they're, a cool, they're, they're a cool brand. I, I like them. We do work with them in the UK and the US. Mm. Um, we're running all of their influencer stuff. And um, the biggest thing with Thinks for people listening and uh, if there's any doubters of influencer marketing out there and it's, it's value to, uh, to brands in terms of sales, then Thinks have um, about... For every pound they spend, they get about two pounds worth of revenue. Yeah. Um, and we're doing hundreds of thousands with them. So, yeah. you know, put that into perspective. Like, we're we're really driving revenue for things. Yeah. And it is it is a niche product. It's a... It, it's, it's audiences wide because it's a female um, sanitary product, really. Yeah. But it is a niche, a niche audience in the fact that it's a specific female sanitary product, right? Yeah. So it's a new technology yeah, that, exactly. that needs education, needs promotion so, for people to understand. Yeah, despite it being a huge market, 50% of the population, yep. um, it actually is quite a niche offering because of the time it takes to educate someone and saying this is probably the way to go yeah. rather than, than what's out there already. So really great client, forward thinking, know that there is a mix between awareness and performance mm. and performance is good because we've managed to and um you know with the team work with them to identify who works who doesn't why they work why they don't what the variables are what the messaging should be what the timing should be all the things i said amazon no and facebook yeah. no like influencer marketing in general we have to learn that stuff and we're just a lot better place than most people because we have done this more than everybody else in the market so we have so much more data and experience and seeing who's working who's not and um yeah it's driving results and i'm really looking forward to scaling that up with the the things guys they have great great energy i'm yeah. i'm um really 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 excited to get get this uh, get this scaling with them yeah they said some fantastic comments in that article so do go back and check it out um, oh, watch our vlog from about a week ago where you see the thinks team in a pub in uh <laughs> new york having a great time and talking about how successful their roi on their influencer campaigns are yeah what's that just all fantastic advocation for influence marketing i did think that one thing was missing from this week's influencer okay. weekly wow cool uh, calling them out yeah, well, we've been asked the we've been and we're, we're just going to sit here and just slag them off. <laughs> we've been asked to call them out. Can. Yeah, can. can. Yeah, they've got, is it this year they got the first influencer award or is it last year? They did uh, it? Last year was like a super focus on influencer marketing. It was a specific topic. Yeah. This year they've gone more down storytelling, cultural moments and reaching the unwilling consumer, which for me all link into influencer yeah, yeah, marketing yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway. So it's kind of 
is influencer just expected to integrate in yeah with i think the other it's, it's it's less of a handoff now as <laughs> this is influencer marketing over here if you want to go and learn about that or do that like it's it's in that room over there yeah. whereas now it's like accepted that it's just part of the social and digital mix yeah so um that's great it's just expected that it's going to be there now. It's no longer this new sort of channel. It's now like this exists. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about how it can work in an integrated marketing. Yeah, it's mix. central, right? It's core. Um, look across social media. It's it's uh, tone of voice. It's paid social. It's um, communication to audience. It's customer service and it's influencer. Like that. That is how social media is is has developed, and that's great for for the market. But yeah, can is. Uh, I love Cannes. I'm, I'm obviously going next week. I, my first time last year, there was obviously a huge storm when Keith Weed um, slagged us <laughs> off as an industry in front of the world uh, and got a lot of press. Um, that was fun. We um, responded to that there and then and, and then continued to kind of ride those coattails for a, for a few months because, um, you know, hilariously in hindsight, he's invested in an influencer platform in the last month. Yeah. Um, so you inevitably, know, hi- hypocrisy <laughs> is uh, is is still alive in the marketing world, as we're very much aware of. But yeah, can is is fun. There's going to be a lot more influencer marketing professionals. There's going to be a lot more marketeers who are now who were skeptical and now believers. Yeah. And um, in general, it's you know if you haven't been to Can before, but you've heard stories of Can or you've heard um, what it is or uh, what it isn't as well. It is uh, a week in the sun. It always seems to have the best weather. <laughs> It'll be 29 degrees every day this year, uh, this year in, in Cannes. Um, everything is based around the bay, the Cosette, in the, um, in the front of, of, the, of the Cannes town. And um, it's just a pretty awesome week where you, you bump into people that you know. You bump into people that you've never met before but are in, interesting. And, and the great thing about it is there's lots of top execs and a lot of people that are very beneficial for for business and agency life mm-hmm. but it's weird you, you spend more time you spend well, what we felt ourselves and having heard lots of other stories a lot of time with people that are like a hundred meters away from our office mm. but we never see and then you end up spending so much time with them because you know it's it's time away from the office that you can focus on something else and build relationships and i think if you go to can with a real desire to go and win new business and go and do things and I think you're going to fail. Uh, the the um, we we learned the hard way after the first two days of can last year. Like we really tried to put the force the action, and then the last three days we're like, God, if we just sit here and ask people to come to us, it is way better. Yeah. And um, that's kind of the 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 mentality we're going with this year is kind of like, you know we we know that we want to have the conversations we know who we want to have those conversations with but we're not going to force the issue as much we're going to do something cool we're going to we're going to be doing the can hangover podcast every morning on the beach um in front of the martinez which is going to be great have a special guest but that's going to be informal that's going to be talking about can in general catching up on what happened yesterday the party's going on today what's happened on stage what's the news um and that's not just going to be influence it's going to be everything that'll be really fun but also yeah it's about making new relationships and and forging friends and drinking rosé there's a lot of rosé that's <laughs> consumed and um yeah it's just it's really good it's really good you meet a lot of good people and have a lot of fun as well like a lot of a lot of people forget that business and, and agency life 
especially in influencer marketing when it's so competitive right now and it's like it's the word of the moment and people are really pushing forward like sometimes people forget to have fun mm. and can is um advertising fun it's yachts and it's beaches and it's rose and but at the center of that it's about having fun with people in the industry and really learning from people and pushing that forward and, and collect collectively and collaboratively really really pushing the influence marketing space forward and i I felt that after Can last year. Mm. I felt that it was a real statement, and thanks, Keith, you you, you helped a lot um, by sagging it off because it just meant that we could retaliate by saying, "Yeah, we've been telling you for years that followers don't matter. Um, it's all about what comes out the bottom, not what goes in the top." And that allowed us to really, really plow on. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this year. And and if you're there, then um, then drop me an email, um, Harry at GoInstitute.com, and I'm, I'm happy to buy you a, a glass of rosé and have a chat about influencer marketing. Just before we go, though, uh, don't forget that you can watch our daily vlogs on LinkedIn every single day of the week uh, on the Go Agency's LinkedIn account called Daily Go, and it's just a a transparent look at our agency. Everyone accused influencer marketing of being non-transparent and everyone's being fraudulent and fake. Well, we're the opposite. We're going to show you every single thing, every single day through our agency from uh, Aaron, Nick and I at the top of the agency, right the way down to the people who've just joined our 120 strong global agency. Um, and yeah, you can watch, watch every single day on our daily vlog on LinkedIn. Perfect. What a good way to end. All right. Um, so another great article from Andrew and Influence Weekly. This has been Esme and Harry Hugo of The Goat Agency presenting the first audio takeaway episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.